What's up, guys? This is Jared Grabiel, and you're listening to the Live Well, Lead Well podcast. Hey, guys, this is Jared Grabiel, and you are tuning in to episode six of the Live Well, Lead Well podcast and YouTube channel. On this episode, we're super stoked uh, to have Mindy Black as our guest and co-host today. Um, and I'm gonna actually let her introduce herself. Mindy, who, who are you and what do you do? Hello, I'm Mindy Black and I'm a registered dietitian and board certified sports dietitian. And I'm also the owner of Dietitians of Palm Valley. I'm married with two little boys, three and six, and I am the dietitian for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Awesome, so you can see, um, why we have her on the show she's uh, not only an incredible person but she manages being a mother a wife the dietitian for the Jaguars which is an incredible NFL team and over the past couple years they've gotten so much better probably because of the diets that she's implemented and at the same time she runs a private practice has her own business um, so we're really excited for this show and, and, and everything that you can learn about the entrepreneurial world. We know that dietetics is a, is a really big um, or a popular major these days in the wellness industry. A lot of young students are getting into that. So we hope to inspire and maybe educate some of you. Um, so Mindy, what got you into dietetics? So I actually kind of fell into dietetics. I was a pre-med major, wanted to be a surgeon, and then a couple, um, my, so my original major was chemistry, Okay. <laughs> and then after about three or four chemistries, I realized I didn't want to major in chemistry, so another pre-med uh, major was nutrition, and then I fell in love with nutrition. I had realized I, I was an athlete growing up the whole time, and I had always struggled with keeping lean body mass on, and so I realized, oh wow, there's this whole nutrition component that I never even thought about that could have helped me be a much better athlete. So yeah. kind of pushed the surgeon part aside, mostly because I didn't want to go to school for eight more years. So didn't realize how much more school nutrition would have. Yeah. <laughs> um, but decided to become a dietitian. I spent about six months in the clinical world, in the hospital setting, with, working with those that were sick. And I just didn't find much reward in it because there wasn't a lot of follow-up. So I realized really quickly I wanted to work with that healthy population. That's super cool. And so you... Um you had, how long into college, how old were you when you decided to shift your major from, or like your pursuit from being a surgeon to being a dietitian? Probably in between my sophomore and junior year. Okay, cool. So, yes. Um, and if you could go back and change anything, would you? No, no. So I really would, liked my degree. So. You would say that you like that being a dietitian for you is much more rewarding than being a surgeon? Absolutely. Potentially. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, so let's talk about the dietitians of Palm Valley. Uh, what got you to leave... Um, what do you call it? Sort of kind of working in, in the hospitals and... So I was originally clinical, but I was not there very, very long at all. Um, actually, my first job in sports was at the University of Florida. So I was, um, I took an internship at the University of Florida working with their athletes. And then when, within six months, they hired me full-time. So That's we awesome. were the first university to have two full-time dietitians working with their athletes. What year was that? Um, that was 2001. Okay. And so after that, I worked there for five years, loved it worked with 500 different athletes, um, worked with 15 different sports, so it's a lot. Um, And when I decided, hey, I wanted to start thinking about having a family, it was kind of, can you run this schedule while having a family? And that wasn't really realistic at that point. So my husband got a job in Jacksonville, and I knew I didn't want to go back to clinical, so I started my own private practice then. So what year did you start 
what is now the Dietitians of Palm Valley. So I started my private practice in 2005, and I um, kind of did a hybrid thing. I was I got certified as a personal trainer, and my master's is in, is in exercise physiology. Awesome. So I got certified as a personal trainer trainer to kind of help out with the bills while I built up my practice. And I um, went out and contacted all the sports medicine doctors I could find and all the trainers I could find and just try to get more and more clientele the nutrition route. And then by 2007, I was full-fledged private practice nutrition. Full-time working with people. Yes. That's super awesome. And what, what it, the, it hasn't always been the dietitians of Palm Valley, right? Correct. It started out... Um, it was basically it was just a Mindy Black LLC. Um, it was going to be a different name, but then when I talked to marketing people, they said that wouldn't go well in Jacksonville. So. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so it kind of um, evolved to Dietitians of Palm Valley because that's the road that we my my address was on. Yeah, so. and I love that name. Yes. And we thought it would be universal too. So I've always wanted to kind of go global. Yeah. Um, so Dietitians of Palm Valley could really be anywhere. Whereas if I'd said Dietitians of Jacksonville, we can't really right. It limits your reach for sure. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, how many people do you have on staff now? So currently we have uh, three dietitians full-time on staff, and then we have three interns. And who are the other dietitians you have on staff? So we have Sammy, um, and she does mostly wellness nutrition. And we have uh, Whitney, who is just starting, and she actually um, just left her job at UNC doing UNC football. So she's going to do a lot of our sports dietitian, dietitian work. Um, and then we have Lauren, and she does she mostly does eating disorders, but she's also from the sports world as well. So she does a lot of the wellness nutrition as well. So you have a you have a phenomenal team. Um, and this question, strictly your opinion, um, but would you say that dietetics or dietitians are predominantly like women? Yes, they are. Um, if you happen to be a college male that doesn't know what major he wants to go into, the nutrition major, I only had maybe two guys in my classes the whole time. <laughs> so it's becoming more and more popular, yeah. but it's definitely predominantly women. Um, and th- there are a lot of people looking for male dietitians, especially in the sports world. So um, if you're good at what you do and you're a male, you can pretty much write your ticket. That's awesome. And that's really good to know because, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of like... Um, guys a lot of times do athletic training and exercise Mm -hmm. science although i think it's probably not much more guys than girls that do that but there's Mm -hmm. still a lot of guys that think i want to be on the field i want to be a conditioning coach and the likelihood of getting that job at with the gators or with uh, you know like uh (laughs) is is very slim so um dietetics could be an opportunity for them as a male to to really take off and and work with athletes but in on the molecular level like on the with the nutrition so absolutely so if you're a male dietetics is the way to go um and so but in your opinion why do you think that mainly women pursue the dietetics side of things i think it's kind of a little bit of what you said you know as males when you're thinking about athletics and things like that you're thinking about the strength coach side or maybe even the athletic training side you're not necessarily thinking about the food side also sports nutrition um in the world of athletics it's only been around for about 20 years it is prevalent as it is now so you know as of four years ago when i started with the jags there was only there was less than eight full-time dietitians working with the nfl like as a whole Correct. Wow. So there was a lot of consultants, but a lot fewer um, full-time people. So I think that the profession in general was so much smaller that people didn't realize that that was an avenue that they could yeah. take. Uh, I would say that, and this is 
I'm sure you can agree, but nutrition is sort of still the best kept secret in yes. athleticism. Yes. Which is really very strange. <laughs> um, Absolutely. It's, it's been proven in studies that it's just as important as training. So, you know, if they're going out there and they're busting their butt on the field, but then they're coming back and just eating Big Macs, they're right. not going to see near the results that they could be seeing. I, th- I think at this point it should be proven that it's more important. It can be. Than, For a lot of them, it can be. You Absolutely. Know, uh, well, I guess it's, uh, it comes down to their to their DNA and their genetics, right? Mm -hmm. Because like me, I'm not a natural athlete. (laughs) So if I eat crap all the time, I will become a way worse athlete. Like running becomes harder, being in shape. So like for me, nutrition is 70, 30, but maybe if they're a natural athlete with incredible genetics, nutrition is 40, 60 or something like that. A lot of the sports dietitians out there will say nutrition can be the difference between making a good athlete great or a great athlete good. Yeah. So yeah, if you have the genetics, you're going to be awesome, but you could be that much better. Yeah, exactly. So like take advantage (laughs) of that that foundational nutrition thing. So, um, it, you know, I would say that you're extremely blessed because not everybody that gets into dietetics gets to be a, you know, NFL dietitian. Um, so that's super cool, and I'm sure it's something that you enjoy most of the time. Mm-hmm. How did you, like, how long have you been doing that, first of all? So I've been a dietitian in sports for over 15 years. And so, yes, it's it's a blessing, but it definitely takes a lot of hard work. Oh, yeah. Um, the hours, you know, everything, but he says, oh, I want to work with athletes. But you got to really think about when athletes work. Um, it's usually not the optimal hours. So there's lots of holidays or lots of weekends or lots yeah. of early mornings that I'm working where other people or off yeah, they, time. They, you don't <laughs> so, have the luxury of just taking off. Right. So I think, yes, there are a lot of people that want my job, but are those same amount of people wanting to be at breakfast at 5 a.m. or work Thanksgiving yeah. Day or things like that? You know, people don't think about that part, but think about when you're watching sports. If you're watching sports on Christmas Day, that means there's a They're good playing, amount of people that are working. There's a dietitian working yes. with them. Yes. How long have you been with the Jags? I've been with the Jags for four years. And how did you get set up with the Jaguars? So um, they were looking for a dietitian, and they asked around. And I was working with Jacksonville University at the time, as well as with a private practice. And three or four of the people, when they called around just asking about dietitians, recommended me. So there was a whole interview process with several other dietitians and things that it was pretty extensive. That's but, really um, cool. I won out in the end. So good for you. <laughs> yes. That's so I, you know, that's so awesome. I'm sure it has its ups and downs working with athletes, but it's yes. got to sometimes. Do you ever like step back and kind of, is this ever surreal anymore? Like I'm sure in the beginning it was kind of like, wow, I got, I got the job, you know, mm-hmm. with, the, with the NFL team. But um, it, it's funny. My husband makes fun of me because I, I find everything normal. And then it does take, you know, two weeks later after a game or something, I'll sit back and go, whoa, did that just happen? Like, um, yeah. I think it's, it's just a normal day in my life kind of thing. And then I realize that if I tell a story to somebody, they go, what you did what wow. <laughs> you yeah they're like this is surreal right, right now. and uh your husband what what is the the he's coined himself as like the nfl hubby yes he's hashtag nfl hubby hashtag nfl <laughs> hubby so you gotta yes. check that out really entertaining stuff um especially with her two kids yes. um so what are some of the craziest diets uh or or eating habits that you've seen in the locker room Um, I mean, in general, athletes are very competitive, but they're also very superstitious. So that's usually where you see the craziest things. They might um, say, you know, they might be like, every game I have to have, it could be something like a peanut butter and honey sandwich. It could be something like a cherry, whatever it is to them. If they don't have it, 
it could be detrimental. Because that was what they ate before the game that they won when they were 17 or something like (laughs) that. And so that's one part of being a a big part of being a dietitian is teaching them the science behind nutrition. But a lot of it is also comfort and mentally what foods help. So if that's one of the first questions I ask rookies is, is there any make it or break it foods that you have to have before a game or after a game or anything like that that I need to know about? Because we can't get to the first game of the season and say New England and you all of a sudden tell me that you need some kind of random food that I can't just pull up. Yeah, yeah it's not on the docket, yeah. <laughs> so um, that is one of the first questions I ask them. And that's usually more of the crazy, it's not necessarily crazy diets, it's more of the kind of request of this is what I always do. And, you know, biochemically they make no sense whatsoever, but they swear it makes them yeah. play better. So okay. It's a conscious thing. Yes. It's all mental. <laughs> what What's the weirdest, like 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 frog legs? You know, like oh, is there any geez, um, squid? <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> Nothing that crazy. Um, sometimes it's just more of like, I just know science-wise it doesn't make sense. So I know one guy, he really just had to have Popeye's fried chicken. And it's like, this actually will hurt your performance. Yeah, that's going to slow you down a little bit. <laughs> but he swore by it and he had to have it. Um, when I worked at Florida at the university level, I worked with a lot of Olympic athletes. And I had one guy, um, didn't run for the U.S., but ran for another country. And he ran the gold medal off of a cheeseburger. Wow. And he came back and he said, see, I could do it. And I came back with him with, you could have been a half second quicker. You could have yeah, beat a, little, a world record maybe if yeah. you would eaten the right thing. Wow. Yeah. And it, that kind of, and that's probably a whole nother show, <laughs> but that speaks to the, you know, the power of our minds um, that can sometimes outweigh, I guess in the short term, Absolutely. the impact of nutrition. Granted, Absolutely. if this particular guy ate a cheeseburger at every meal, he'd probably be in horrible shape and not be an Olympic <laughs> right. runner. But that one burger, in his mind, triggered. It's like the placebo effect, right? Absolutely, like, 100%. It's you, just you like know, giving you a pill This is going to make you run faster, you know? yeah. and it's not even, yep. you know, it's Sugar nothing. Pill. But in their mind, they're like, I have to, yes. you know, you know mm-hmm. um, like Ron of Harry Potter. Anyways, <laughs> but um, so <laughs> what is the... Uh, Hopefully, that's, people get that reference. Do you get that reference? <laughs> I do get the reference. Yes. Right? With the, the potion? Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, you have kids. But what is the best uh, advice that you would give to parents um, with young athletes? Like, Because we know how um, kids eat these days. Mm-hmm. We know how the um, with advertising and everything like that, like what's attractive to kids is usually mm-hmm. these days not the healthiest options. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so what would you know, how would you sort of advise parents on making an adjustment to their diet from the commercialized foods to healthy foods that are going to... I think, I mean, it really depends where they are on the staircase of nutrition. You know, I I always call it a staircase because it could be the bottom stair of they're skipping breakfast, they're eating Burger King for lunch, and they're eating pizza for dinner, where there's very little nutritional value. And then it could be the top stair of, oh, they're eating all organic, non-processed, mostly vegetables and plants kind of diet. And so many parents get really, really hyped into the like all or nothing kind of thought process. And I always say keep perspective. So if you have a kid that's not eating great, don't all of a sudden clean out the pantry and say, okay, you're never having sugar again. Because that's going to work for about two days. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I always say make little adjustments. It, you know, it could be something as simple as if they like Honey Nut Cheerios, start mixing that halfway with regular Cheerios until they get used to that. Then go to the regular. And then once they're used to the non-sweeter type things, then we can start looking at, you know, the slightly healthier versions yeah, no of that cereal kind of at stuff. All. Right. Um, so I think that's the big thing is a lot of them will get into this all or nothing. Like I have so many parents tell me Gatorade's evil. My kid can't have Gatorade. And 
Absolutely. Your kid does not need to play Xbox and drink Gatorade all day long, but it's invented for a purpose. And so if they're out playing lacrosse for six hours and they're cramping up, then yeah, we might need to put some Gatorade yeah. in their lifestyle. You know? <laughs> what uh, is Gatorade? Would that be like your typical recommendation or do you think um, there's a, a better product out there for simple sugars and electrolytes? I mean, I think there's a t- it's what works best for the body. So in, in sports performance, it, it, a lot of it is mental and a lot of it's gastrointestinal. So Gatorade is good in the sense that it has that 68% carbohydrate that athletes need. Um, it has a mixture of carbohydrates. If you only have fructose or if you only have glucose, then you're not going to be able to absorb it as quickly. Um, it has the electrolytes that we need. So it's a good choice if someone does not. I have some people say that Gatorade gives them this kind of like feel in the back of their throat. And if that's the case, we can absolutely do the same thing with a simple, like with dried fruits and water. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be a Gatorade kind of thing. And if you like Powerade versus Gatorade versus Pedialyte, there are slight differences in all of them, but it's more of, it comes down to once again, keep it in perspective. What is your child or what are you going to actually utilize? Because yeah, if, if I tell you this is the best product ever, but you don't like it, you're not going to yeah. use it and it's not going to do you any good if you're not using it. I think that can speak for like diets in general, yes. right? Yes. So, um, like when we often, you know, because we sell meal prep and we customize it however mm-hmm. people like, and mm-hmm. oftentimes they're like, well, "What's the best diet for me?" And it's, it's sort of just like that. It's what will you do long term? Right. You know that that uh, that works for you. Um, are you currently on any type of diet? Like, do you? I am not. However, as a dietitian. So I can be educated with my clients. I tend to try everything out. So if something, you know, like keto or intermittent fasting or whatever becomes the most popular thing for yeah. the year, I usually will try it just so I can be informed and let people know, okay, you know, here's the science behind it. This is how you feel on it. And this is yeah. kind of the pros and cons against it and let them kind of make their decision from there. So what's your personal favorite so far? Oh, geez. Um, I think paleo just in general is probably the most realistic in the sense of cuts out all the processed crap that most Americans eat, which is a good thing. Um, I just think when you say paleo, there's so there's a rainbow of what people think paleo is. Yeah. So when you say I'm on a paleo diet, but then you're now eating paleo brownies, if you think about what the purpose behind the paleo yeah. is, there were no cavemen eating brownies. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it depends where you're taking it to and, to and from. And I also don't think it should be this, oh, I'm on paleo or oh, I'm on keto or whatever it might be for the day. And I cannot, absolutely cannot have this. Because whatever that is, you're going to end up craving. And then the, new, the dietitian in me will say, okay, you're going to end up binging on that eventually. Yeah. So even if I said you can never have broccoli ever again, eventually you're going to really want some broccoli if you see it and it looks great kind yeah. of thing. So I would say we have to you know, kind of go for that, but it's more of an 80-20 rule. Like 80% of the time, do this. And if it's your birthday, by all means, please have it. a piece of birthday cake. The weekend rule. Yes. That's what we call it. <laughs> yeah. Please have a birthday cake on your birthday. Don't deprive yourself of that. Yeah. And that's so like what I, you know, whenever, when I used to train and uh, like personal train and work with clients and do diet recommendations, mm-hmm. it was always like um, people would want to do all or nothing. Mm-hmm. And, and what I would have to teach them, because especially some of the younger girls that I would train, you know, mm-hmm. like in high school and college and stuff like that, and where they're so worried about, but if I eat that, I'm just going to gain all this weight, right. you know, and, and I would remind them, like, if you could spend a week stressing about a brownie you saw on a mm-hmm. commercial, that's going to trigger cortisol yeah. and you're going to store fat. Yes, yes. By not eating it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, just 
have some of it. You know what I mean? Like, yes, don't eat the, the whole thing. When you first start to have the craving, have the bite. Yeah. Because you'll probably only have a bite. Whereas if you wait two weeks, you're going to eat the whole pan. Yeah. You know, it's... <laughs> you know, and it's, it, I usually say, eat a meal, see if you still want it, mm-hmm. right? Of course, Absolutely. with us, we have, we sell prepared meals. So normally, mm-hmm. people I'm talking to have something. Right. And so I'm like, just go ahead and eat a meal. And if you still want that slice of pizza or that piece of cake, like if you're mm-hmm. still not, like, then try it. But now, like... You're not going to eat the whole thing then because you're already full. You're just eating it because right. you know that you still want it. Absolutely. So um, so some diet recommendations there. What, what is personally mm-hmm. your least favorite diet that you've tried? Um, oh, geez. Well, any of the like cleanses like the grapefruit or the uh, the one Beyonce did. I can't remember. The cin- the, Tell me more. <laughs> I, I don't like, follow Beyonce too oh, closely. Oh, the lemonade diet. So it's lemonade with honey and... and uh, so I think cinnamon in there, and that's what mostly you drink all day long, and you'll lose. And no food. You'll, um, I think there, if I remember correctly, there was a meal at one point in the day, but pretty much no food. So of course you're going to lose a ton yeah. of weight. Um, but the problem with this is you lose muscle mass as well, and so any of those extreme diets where you're losing 10 pounds in a week, you're going to lose water weight, which will come back immediately. That's why when people go super low carb and they say, "Oh, if I look at a piece of bread, I gain weight," it's because you gained your water weight back, yeah. not because you gained fat. <laughs> yeah. um, but you also lose muscle mass and every time we lose muscle mass we lose mitochondria which is our fuel burning centers so you're needing lower and lower calories to survive which means next time you put calories in your body you're going to gain weight yeah. a lot faster because so, it recognizes it as right. not a need for fuel right because you've adapted to having minimal fuel right for so, energy. so my least favorite it's probably the cleanses the you know de- doing a detoxify cleanse meaning like taking the sugar out of your diet or something like that fine but if you're doing like a lemonade diet where you're just supposedly going to clean out 25 pounds of sludge in your colon you don't have 25 pounds of yeah. sludge in your colon and, and that nonsense. can be proven if if you've seen any colonoscopy pictures like you don't see 25 pounds of yeah. sludge you see nice pink pretty colon so good to so, know uh, um last question and uh and then we'll kind of we'll kind of wrap things up for the dietetic students out there or the um aspiring nutrition professionals out there what is some what, what would be your advice to those people, to those students? Um, just really, you know, kind of look and see, it's, I know it's hard at 18 or 19 to know what you want to do, but go get volunteer experience to see there's so many different avenues in nutrition. You could do the clinical route and work with heart patients. You could do the sports route and work with, um, you know, I work with football mainly, but you could work with Olympic athletes. You could work with triathletes. You could work with high school teams. So it doesn't have to be like, you know, one particular, all particular sports kind of thing. So kind of go out and figure out what you enjoy because the nutrition, the route to become a dietitian is not necessarily easy. So you don't want to waste a lot of time doing things that you figure out later on that you have no interest in. Right. Um, and my advice for dietetic students would be to practice what you preach. So, uh, you know, we have a personal responsibility as we learn more things to apply those things to our lives. So I think it goes without saying that once once you learn more about nutrition and dietetics, uh, it's, you know, you got to begin to eat healthier so you can build a business based off of, you know, taking your taking care of yourself. Yes, you don't want to get caught in the grocery store with just a pile of Twinkies by your clients. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a good like, sign. <laughs> you told me not to eat that. Right. I was testing. I'm doing a test. One box might be okay as long as there's, you know, 70% fruits and vegetables yeah, in there too. <laughs> the, the 80-20 rule. Right. The weekend rule. Um, awesome. Well, is there anything, that can, is there any added uh, value or any comments that you want to give to the people watching? Uh, anything that I didn't ask about that you want to talk about? 
I don't think so. I, I just think, you know, nutrition in general is, over the next 10 years, I, they're finding more and more studies that link the gut and the brain together. And I think it's going to become something that if you don't think it's important now, it's going to be important in your life in 10 years, yeah. regardless of what your lifestyle is like. Yeah, so, there's going to be like a ton more episodes like this yes. over the next 10 years <laughs> of other professionals teaching on nutrition Absolutely. and practical applications. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, um, we're going to close this up. We really, really hope you enjoyed this show. And if you did, um, we actually had an episode, I believe it was episode one, um, with some of our other staff members from the Dietitian to Palm Valley. It was episode two. And we talked about nutrition and the impact on mental health. So a lot of what we talked about today is general nutrition and sports performance um, in the entrepreneurial side. But episode two talks, talks a lot about how eating right can help you um, be a take care of your brain. So definitely tune into that one. Thank you so much for watching this one. Make sure to subscribe. Uh, make sure to check out Mindy Black uh, at Dietitians of Palm Valley. Got it. And uh, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, thank you so much, Mindy Black, thank for you. joining us on the show. Um, you've added so much value to, the, to this podcast and YouTube channel. And I think, you know, just you being on is going to help a lot of people and hopefully inspire a lot of students that are aiming to do what you do one day. So um, thank you for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Live Well, Lead Well podcast today. I hope that the show has served you in some way. And if you enjoyed it, please make sure to leave a comment, uh, click the button to subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with some of your friends that you think it might help. Until next time, have an awesome day.